welcome to Tomorrow's Heroes Today, episode two, brought to you by your substitute podcasters from the future. Today, we'll be exploring Legion of Superheroes, volume five, issue two. But first, who are your substitutes from the future today and what will they have been going to be up to lately? I'm Brent Brickhill, and this week, the 21st century comic I've been reading is Shazam number eight. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, I thought it was appropriate too um, to pick one that um, is part of what Mark Wade's doing um, in DC Comics uh, in 2024. Um, Wade's had a bit of a resurgence. Um, I think it's kind of interesting to see how popular he's become again um, with a number of titles like World's Finest, um, World's Finest um, Batman Superman, and then World's Finest Teen Titans, and this Shazam book. Um, so this book's a lot of fun. Have you been reading it, Derek? Yes, I have. It's very much at the top of my read list. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. I'm loving his stuff. I think I I, I, um, I find it really easy to digest. Um, I think he's got the balance right. I think what he's done um, in 2024 is realised that continuity matters, but it's not everything. And yes. um, I think he's got enough continuity in there that everything's recognisable and it feels familiar um, the time period doesn't really matter. Um, it's not connected to all the other books, um, but um, it's also allowed to be a bit different and go off pissed a bit. So um, I'm loving it. Um, this this issue has um, Mr. Dinosaur, um, the auditor. Um, yeah, Mr. Dinosaur. He's hilarious um, and it's really nice art. It's a different artist in this one, um, not Mora this time, but um, Suzuka, I think his name is. Um, and uh, his dinosaurs are fantastic. Um, lots of sort of comic relief and Mr. Talky Tawny looks great too. And uh, we get an appearance by Black Adam and um, Zeus from the, the Rock of Eternity. And, um, yeah, look, it's it's not a lot to say about it. It's just a fun, fun romp with some battles with dinosaurs and um, the usual sort of tensions between Black Adam and, and Shazam and, and um I think it's really accessible. I think what I'm loving about his stuff is it's accessible. Anyone could pick it up. You could give it to your kids. Um, I don't know. Are you reading any of the others, Derek? Yes, I've been reading World's Finest and I also did the um, World's Finest Teen Titans one as well, which is wrapped up now. Uh, enjoyed all of them. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, terrific. We just need a, um, a, a Mark Wade um, Legion perhhaps. Would be yes. To see if he did a, a third um, version would, would be yeah. really interesting. Or, or even like a, a limited series, you know, Silver Age Adventures, you know, him writing, Dan Mora doing the art. Oh, I would just die for that. Die yeah, for I that. think it would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Well, uh, why don't you um, tell us what you've been reading um, lately, Derek? Sure thing. So, hi, hey, everyone. I'm Derek Bins, and I have just finished doing a reread of Grant Morrison's action run from the New 52. So, we're going back to uh, 2011, 2012. I have to say, I find it confusing. Um, I, I can sort of see what's happening. Um, you know, there's fifth dimensional imps, and um, it turns out that everything in the time is happening at once. So all the time is correct, like compressed to one moment. So you get an issue where Superman is saving some columnists on Mars, but that actually doesn't happen for 
five or six more issues. Um, it's it's very confusing to read, um, but satisfying. I feel it's the sort of thing that you'd have to read once and then immediately reread it again. It's just got lots of depth to it, I think. Yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? It was sort of, you know, this costumeless Superman was, you know, in some ways, I guess, more accessible. Um, you know, that sort of idea that we could all be Batman, um, you know, throw a T-shirt and jeans on Superman and suddenly we can all be Superman. But um, it wasn't that accessible. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think, um, and um, I, I was also reading um, the um, George Perez New 52 um, Superman book at the time, you know, with this very stylized, Jim Lee-designed um, Superman costume um, that had appeared in Justice League. And um, it was just such a contrast, the two books. I thought that um, they didn't, you couldn't see how we were going to get from this early days Superman that Morrison was writing to the um, present day Superman that George, uh, George Perez was writing. Yeah, and I think it's all to do with its timey-wimeyness of what Morrison was writing. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Doesn't yeah. Um, doesn't the Legion or the Legion of Supervillains appear later or something as well? In, in There's that an adult Legion from a future where Universo has taken control of the United Planets and the only ones left are Cosmic Man, Lightning Man and Saturn Woman, and they go back in time to prevent Superman dying so that will wipe out their timeline. Don't know how to explain. <laughs> Very interesting. And, and, and yeah. obviously Levitz was back riding the Legion at that time as well, and um, yes. that did not seem to fit in at all with what he was doing, as I remember. And, um, yeah, I was just confused, to be honest, and it kind of didn't come back around either. So I was kind of like, well, I'm not sure what he meant by that or why that was in there. Yeah, interesting. So um, people give it a, give it another go. Read it all, you know, like all eighteen issues over a couple of weeks, like I did, and maybe you'll get something out of it. I know I certainly got something out of it. Okay, and I'm, I'm just wondering if I might need um, a few stiff drinks to go with it, Derek. <laughs> we'll see. I actually, I actually um, got to listen to Grant um, at Comic Con the, the year that that was coming out. Um, I went to Comic-Con and Grant Morrison was one of the, and um, Dan DiDio were the two panels that I went to. And I was captivated by the man, to be honest. Um, it was an hour-long panel. He did not stop talking. And um, in his rambling brilliance, um, there was just so much. He's he's incredibly um, gifted um, sort of scripter. Um, but you really struggle to keep up with his his mind. Um, yes. Really interesting. Have you read his nonfiction book that's sort of like semi-autobiographical, semi-history of comic books, came out about 10, 12 years ago? I've heard of it. I haven't read it, no. It is a good read. Okay. Um, of course, he talks about himself growing up in Glasgow and – um, the comics that he was reading at the time and then his work with, um, you know, going on to Judge Dredd and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then sort of like there's an alternating chapter that talks about the history of comic books, you know, from, from Action Number 1 and he goes into great depth describing the cover of Action 1, um, you know, like, you know, 
this man down in the bottom corner who's running away with this look of abject fear upon his face at the the the, the miracle of Superman holding a car. It's just a really interesting read. Uh, yeah, cool. Oh, something else for me to check out, Derek. Find what it's called. Looking through his bibliography. I feel like it's super something from memory. It is something like that. Yeah. Good. Well, while you're doing that, um, look, I might just say some thank yous for on our first episode. Um, Paul French in the background has been doing a, a lot of work in um, helping you and I get a, get on air and um, has been writing theme music, um, adapting the Legion of Substitute podcasters theme music to a more Australian sort of surfing sort of style, um, which is terrific. And um managed to help us put together some promos and um, edit uh, last week's episode, which was great. And uh, I know he puts a fair bit of work into that, so a shout-out to Paul. Um, Yay, Paul! Him as well. And um, did you manage to find the Morrison book, Derek? Yes, it's called Super Gods, and it was published in 2011, so just at the time New 52 was starting. Funny you should mention uh, 2011, actually, Derek, because um, Michael um, has been busy on his spreadsheets during the week and um, managed you to surprise um, me. Give, give us a bit of a reminder that we might um, throw back to um, some previous episodes of the Legion of Substitute podcasters. And if you're a big fan of Volume 5, um, we covered Issue 1 last week in our first episode, but you can go right back to Episode 117 on the 3rd of January 2011 and uh, listen to um, Paul and the gang um, discussing the book then. And uh, today we're going to cover Issue 2, and um, you, if you'd like to um, hear the Legion of Substitute podcasters talk about that, that was back in episode 118 on the 10th of January 2011. So um, we'll keep dropping those in from now on. So thank you, Michael, for that info as well. Yay, Michael. So I might throw over to you, Derek. We might jump straight into issue two. Sure thing. So Legion of Superheroes, volume five, issue two has a cover date of March 2005 published in January 2006. Uh, we have the traditional now floating heads beside the logo, which is this week uh, Element Lad, Brainiac 5, Dream Girl and Colossal Boy. We have two Legionnaires prominent, that's Starboy and Shadowlass. And behind is just a series of images one of them has Saturn Girl and Chameleon. Uh, another couple have some aliens. One has a ship flying into a sun or an explosion. There's a futuristic city. I think it's probably trying to say that, you know, the, the United Planets is a big place with lots of people and lots of um, different cultures going on. Yeah, terrific. Um, I noticed you mentioned um, Colossal Boy there, Derek. Um, I'm going to propose a, um, a drinking game for us. I think, um, I think we will call him Colossal Boy throughout the run because um, that is the name that um, the writers gave him. But um, I think every time he, he tells us his name's Microlad, we might actually take a drink. What do you think? I will do my best to remember that. We'll see how we go. Right. Page one, we have a couple of aliens. One of them um, is like a giant amoeba with lots of tentacles, and the other one is humanoid with some cybernetic implants. 
brave face. And the humanoid one says, Sentience of the United Planets Council, I present to you the Right Honourable Ambassador Squirr of Akaria. And we have a voiceover box from Colossal Boy. No, not Colossal Boy. Cosmic Boy. And Brainiac 5. Cos says, Brainiac, are you sure this is a trap? You're questioning me? And we cut to Cos and Brainy in Brainy's lab. Cos says, I'm making sure before we crash a party on your say-so. Brainiac says, over the last three days, I've compiled enough information to take my hypothesis to the 98th percentile of certainty, Cosmic Boy. The UP delegates are about to die at the hands of their newest ambassador. And we go back to the UP chamber and uh, a computer voice says, meeting room portals activated, delegates convening, and uh, Ambassador Squirrel is uh, joined by some UP delegates who've uh, transmitted in. One says, one whispers, he smells odd. And another one says, no need to whisper, Delegate Parnell, he can't hear you without ears. Didn't you get the briefing? And Ambassador Squirrel's uh, translator says, Lord Squirrel thanks you for your courtesy. He understands that electronic gatherings rather than physical ones are the current galactic fashion, but his is a race with that which communicates through touch. As his interpreter, I will explain what his gestures mean. Hold still. And the ambassador's tentacles uh, reach up towards the UP delegates. Back in the lab, Cos says, Karate Kid, Element Girl, Dream Girl, go. And in the delegates' room, there's a big crash and the wall crumbles and we see Element Lad and Karate Kid and Dream Girl. Do you want to talk about these? Yeah, costumes? and um, look, I think one of the things you notice, this is probably the best look we get at um, their new costumes so mm. far. Um, Karate Kids is probably the most similar to ones we've seen before. It looks probably quite like a traditional, I guess, um, don't know the name for that, sort of karate hop. And um, he's got bandages wrapped around his um, fists and forearms and sort of up his neck. And uh, he's sort of dressed in a sort of a, a beigey sort of colour, I guess, with some black accents. Um, Dream Girl is um, wearing a um, top showing her midriff. Um, it's The top looks very similar to her um, Levitt sort of um, given costume. And... Um, the leggings of her costume are sort of blue with sort of cloud patterns on them, um, I guess sort of conjuring an idea of sleep, and she's got some quite elaborate gauntlets on. And um, Element Lad's probably the one that's changed the most. He was the one last um, episode that I said was really hard to recognise. Um, he's wearing sort of high yellow pants with a red um, shirt and yellow gloves, and he's got a, a quite a significant yellow cape, um, which is illuminated along the edges with um, what look at sort of elemental symbols. Um, I'm not sure if the symbology is ever really explained in detail, but he does have some quite distinct symbols down the front of his costume. Um, and, um, yeah, he doesn't have this the um, typical Jan Ara 
curly hair either that um, Colleen Duran and others sort of made him, I guess, made him recognisable through. So I'd say he's probably the, one of the least recognisable of the um, new costumes. Excellent. Right. So Alleman Ladd says, I wish you'd allow me to simply transmute the wall, you barbarian. To which Brady could replies, it is transmuted. I changed it from sub a solid to more rubbly solid. Some of us enjoy getting our hands dirty. And one of the delegates from the UP comes up to Karate Kid. What do you children think you are doing? This is a private ceremony. So our funerals, says Karate Kid. It's interesting, there. Derek, if I can interrupt you, that this concept of touching things is a theme that's coming through already. So we've got the delegates who usually meet digitally and we've got the, the police officers from last um, issue that were sort of in the same room but talking through their screens. And yep. I remember that um, the, the SP were quite surprised that the Legion had actually punched the macro bot. I think that the concept of actually handling things in this um, 31st century is quite um, not the done thing. I think everything's yes. a bit at a distance and safe, I guess, is that concept of everything being safe. Yep. So Karate Kid says, Squirrely there doesn't know it, but his translator is on somebody else's payroll, somebody out to start an interstellar war. That funk in the air, it's an otherwise harmless gas that turns Squirrel's body oils into contact poison, and guess where it's coming from? Then Element Lad's doing his thing. Now that Brainy's identified its chemical composition, I can turn the gas into what would be good? Helium? Helium. And... Brainy says over the, the comm link, excellent. Now just watch out for the polybdenum razor wheel. And said polybdenum razor wheel comes out of the translator's arm. Uh, Karate, Kid says, Karate Kid says, what razor wheel? As it goes zipping past him and he ducks out of the way. Hey, transmute that. And Element Lad says, I'd have to touch it. Brainy should have, Brainy, should we be prepared for any other surprises? Brainy says over the comm link, I'm projecting likely scenarios. Be patient. Karate Kid is um, pushing a delegate out of the way. Be faster, Brainy. What else is he going to hit us with? I'm only I as good as I love the way the um, glove has popped off the translator there, Derek, in the, in the artwork. Um, oh, yes. reveal a massive laser gun that he's shooting at the delegate. Brainy yeah. um, says, I'm only as good as my data, Karate Kid. Please hold. And Karate Kid noticed that Dream Girl hasn't done anything. She's just standing there, staring off into space. Karate Kid goes, hold my big hairy. And he goes, or I could ask Dream Girl, hello, wakey, wakey. And she goes, what? And there's a choom as the uh, the um, translator fires a blast and she just dodges out of the way. She goes, all right, sorry. She ducks under another bolt of energy. Uh, jumps through some sort of energy whip. You know how I get. She comes up behind the translator bot. I thought we already beat this guy. My bad. And she does a Karate Kid style kick and knocks the translator bot's arm right off. Karate Kid says, man, I love having a precog on the team. As you were, Brainy, as he's taking the translator away and Dreamy is giving the UP delegates a cheery wave who all looks uh, very unimpressed. <laughs> and we come over to our um, 
credits page with a splash picture of Brainy looking decidedly unimpressed as we hear um, Brady Kid saying it's under control. We have uh, text at the top. Ours is an age of peace and tranquility. By the dawn of the 31st century, an Earth-based network of worlds has created a rigidly mannered serenity throughout the cosmos, a near utopia. All we, our parents and their parents, have ever known is security, stability and order. We're so sick of it we could scream. And the credits are Mark Wade and Barry Kitson Storytellers, Gray Pascoe and Kitson Inks, Chris Bly, colorist, Paul Bowsman, letterer, Harvey Richards, assistant editor, and Steve Wacker, editor. And on the next page, we get the first of this uh, run's um, roll calls. So in this version, the roll call is done. So all the Legionnaires are portrayed in silhouette. And the ones who are going to be prominent in this issue are pointed out with a little headshot and the... Um, the Frickman uh, tags, did we call them? Yes, I was going to say Frickman tags, yes. Yep. So this week's roll call is Cosmic Boy, Legion Leader, Homeworld Bra, Magnetic Powers, Dream Girl, Homeworld Naltor, Precognitive Visions, Karate Kid, Homeworld Earth, Martial Artist, Shadow Lass, Homeworld Talok 8, Creates Darkness, Element Lad, Homeworld Trom, Molecular Transmutation. So pretty much all the same there. We cut to one week later, and we're at Legion HQ, and we have Brainiac 5 and Cosmic Boy yet again in Brainy's lab. Um, Cos says, The science police side the assassin. They linked him to an Arcarian syndicate who could profit from a war with the UP. Thanks to you and Dream Girl, they've been shut down. Nice work, Brainy. And Brainy says, if I needed to be patronised by someone I respect, I'd teach a goat to talk. Can you go and get me one? Cos says, I'm merely acknowledging a team effort, and if you think that's the snarkiest comment I've heard today, you should have been there when Sunboy and Chameleon came to blows over religion. You'd think a race that could shapeshift would have a broader view, and you're not even listening, are you? You're Brainiac 5. I'm told you're a prodigy even among an entire race of galactic geniuses. But you don't have enough accomplishment to your credit that you can share the glory with Dream Girl. At this point, Brainy, who's been working away, turns and says, this isn't about my ego. It's bigger than that. Carl says, I'm not sure that's possible, but I'm listening. <laughs> he says, I'm not sure that's possible, but try. Follow me. And they go out into the corridor. Brainy continues to talk. Over the course of 62 hours, I knitted a series of seemingly random circumstances occurring on different planets into an ironclad hypothesis for murder, a theory I then conclusively proved. This is what I do. This is what you have me for. I expend energy and brain power beyond your imagining, making deductions from available data. Cos says, and then the precog. And Brainy continues, and then this precognitive flake from the planet Naltor pulls the same deductions intuitively out of the air. Cos says, hey, they're always accurate. And Brainy turns on him, and unfocused, and largely random, and a complete mockery of the scientific process. It's a racial gift. It's madness. Watch. 
and they've come to a room where Dream Girl is stretched out on a lounge chair, relaxing. She's got some glasses on that are playing a hollow vid of William Shakespeare's Macbeth. She goes, hmm, Paul's vid. She gets up from the chair. She walks away from the chair. Brainy says, wait for it. And then Colossal Boy comes crashing through the wall, destroying the chair as he's being uh, pushed through the wall by Ultra Boy. And Brainy goes, see? And Cos says, I really wish they'd spar outside. I'm also going to miss that chair. And then Dream Girl says, Cos, I'm going to ask Karate Kid and Shadow Lass along. Cos says, along for what? And Dreamy says, I told you. And Brainy goes, no, you didn't. Not yet. You're referring to a conversation we haven't even had yet. Stop being so defiant. Cause, then effect. Cause, effect. Cause, effect. That's the way it's supposed to go in an orderly universe. And then Sunboy arrives and goes, Dream Girl, we just had a communique from your homeworld. The kids there are asking for you. They say it's an emergency. And she says, what is? Meanwhile, we can see behind in the room that uh, Colossal Boy and Ultra, Ultra Boy are still sparring. Sunboy says, apparently someone on Naltor has taken away their dreams. Brainy says, oh, how hand-wringingly dramatic. The emergency claim truly puts it over the top. Sunboy says, you don't understand. Literally, their ability to dream. No one under the age of 18 has been out of sleep for the last nine days. Derek, it might be worth mentioning here some changes to um, some of the other costumes as well. Um, sure. Some boys has changed uh, quite a bit. Um, rather than having red flowing throughout the, the costume, there's a, a clear distinction between a red top and yellow um, pants. Um, the sun is quite exaggerated, I would say, on this one, very large, sort of taking up almost the whole chest area. Um, Brainiac 5 is in a green bodysuit with some purple accents um, and uh, I guess it's an Interlac 5 that we're seeing on his chest. And um, I think I mentioned last week that uh, Cosmic Boy has sort of got that, I guess, the bustier feel, but um, with long black um, pants sort of incorporated into it and um, a sort of dark blue um, kind of centre to it with the... Um, I guess they're the Magno ball symbols that he's got down his um, his chest. But um, interesting move away from the, I guess, the the pinks and purples for um, Cosmic Boy to a more neutral sort of blue. Um, I think yeah. of all the redesigns, the Cosmic Boy one is the one I like the best. Uh, yeah, I think the white boots work really well with it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it, it ages him well. I think. I think you know. I think I mentioned last time he's a bit more serious in this version. Yes, um, and there was a, a line in, humor. There was a line in last issue where one of the legionnaires says that Cosmic Boy recently hasn't been acting his age, and I think that means that he's not being childish. He's acting like an adult because yeah. he's the one who's got to have all the responsibility of running the team and liaising with the UP. He's very serious. Yeah, which is a big change from the the I guess the the Legionnaires where we had you know I guess Chameleon um, sort of going in there as the adult mentor or Computo and and those sort of things that we had back then. Um, now we've got one within the team, I guess. Yep. Okay, now we are on Naltor. 
and we hear somebody saying, hold him down. And we see a young uh, Naltorian boy uh, writhing in agony. Someone says, I can't. And well, it was obviously Shadowless says, I have him. Demons of Taloc, he's strong. And it's Karate Kid and Shadowless trying to uh, restrain this young Naltorian lad. Brainiac Five is there. Dream Girl is there. Many Naltorians are there, as well as the High Seer. Dream Girl is saying, not strong, crazed. I see it. We bring this boy before you so that you may recognize the immediacy of the crisis. This boy and thousands like him are being driven insane by dream deprivation. What is the Naltorian government doing about it? And the high seer said, as I said, when I foresaw your visit a week ago, child, watch your tone. The source of this malady is unknown, but we are doing our best. Its victims are being treated. With narcotics, says Dream Girl. The, those can induce enough sleep to keep the body functioning, but if those afflicted can't reach the REM state, it's like being stripped out of their sight. Karate Kid and Shadowlass are still trying to restrain this other Naltorian boy. Karate Kid says, is that serious? And Dreamy responds, precognition is as crucial a sense as hearing or touch on Naltor, Karate Kid, and it requires sleep. Waking visions are common, but they're short-term glimpses. Our dreams are more clairvoyant in nature, requiring more interpretation, but casting further into the future. To be without that, to suddenly have a mind that remembers only yesterday and not tomorrow, would to you be like being cursed with perpetual amnesia? And the high seer says, it is a tragedy, but all things happen for a reason. I advise you to be patient and wait for the cause of this disease to reveal itself. <clears throat> and Brainy goes, no, I want to try something. Put this on his ringer. I'll put this on his finger. And he takes his flight ring off and puts it onto the Naltorian lad's finger. And the high seer says, what are you? And Brainy says, as I suspected, cloaking with a flight ring and finally he can sleep. And the young Naltorian lad has fallen asleep in Karate Kid's arms. <clears throat> Brainy says, disease, don't insult me. You're creating this sleeplessness. Or is it a coincidence that the only Naltorians affected are the underages, the ones neurowired into the public service so the adults can keep track of them and filter what they see and hear? This service is a valuable safeguard protecting all children of the UP worlds. Brainy says, the service is a moral abomination and the first thing the Legion is going to get rid of when we assume the UP's duties. Karate Kid and Shadowless go, when we what? <laughs> the Hayseer says, this meeting is adjourned. We insist upon us assigning you an escort. Dream on, says Brainy. But we already know you will reject the notion. Be gone. And the Legionnaires walk away. Karate Kid is still carrying the sleeping boy. Uh, Shady says, what was that about us supplanting the UP? Brainy replies, eventually my plan anyway. Never mind. That isn't the issue, the current issue at hand. Give me your flight ring, please. Uh, Shady does pass him her flight ring. Dream Girl says, Brainy's right. We have to concentrate on the immediate crisis. The question is, why is the government doing this? Brainy flies off. I couldn't care less.
Karate Kid puts the sleeping lad on the ground. Shady says, good riddance. Even I could predict he'd do that. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be a team, says Karate Kid. Uh, Shadow Les says, tell Brainy, why did you bring him, Dream Girl? For that matter, why did you bring the two of us? Dreamy says, I'm going to need you once the pre-commandos show up. Who? Us. And two armoured Naltorians appear on little hover platforms. Dreamy says, Naltor's lawmen. No surprise. And one of them, the pre-commando says, resistance will gain you nothing. Surrender now on charges yet to be determined. Shadowlass says, is that what passes for due process on Naltor? Race you, says Karate Kid. Shadowlass goes to kick one. Karate Kid goes to punch one. The Naltorian pre-commandos duck out of the way. And then one punches Shadowlass and the other one kicks Karate Kid. Shady's on the ground. She goes, lucky shot. Training, says the pre-commando. And he leaps upon her. See? As um, Shadowless tries to sweep his legs out from under him. Our precog visions are honed, especially for combat. Second short, but flawlessly sharp. We can predict your every move. It's like fighting a familiar recording. It's a little boring, to be honest. It's a living. And during this conversation, Shadowless has been... Uh, launching a flurry of blows at him, but he's been able to de- deflect or dodge each one. Uh, he gives her another punch. Shadowlass encompasses him in a sphere of darkness, and she says, you still need eyes. And he leaps out and hits her again. Not if I know where you're going to be. Meanwhile, Karate Kid is not having much more luck. And the other pre-commando says, and you, your achievements are a legend. Crossing martial arts with anti-gravity. As Karate Kid comes flying towards him, the pre-commando hits him with a staff. Inspired. You're almost threatening. More fighting. Karate Kid's still coming out underneath. He's got a boot to the head. He's a drink. Shadow Lass uh, is also not doing very well. She ends up on the ground. Karate Kid gets thrown to the ground. They both uh, have been defeated. What I don't understand here is if um, Dream Girl saw that they would be needed, um, she also would have seen that they'd be defeated. So um, interesting. Uh, yes. There's trouble with writing um, people who can see into the future. It's, you know, sometimes you write yourself into a corner. <laughs> yes. Uh, so one of the pre-commandos says, the third one is right behind you. And the other one says, tell me something I don't know. And they turn around and Dream Girl is there. And she says, okay, your wife's going to leave you next week. Bea, Toma, I see you've added Muay Thai and Chlorocore to your skill sets. Can't say it, but I looked it up. It's a Kryptonian martial art. Ah. Muay Thai is an earth one. Uh, One of the pre-commandos says, you could have learned them too, Nura. You should never have left a training program to follow that legion idiocy. The other one said, you were phenomenal. And she says, I still am, which, admit it, is why you're practically wetting yourselves with panic. Watch me closely, boys. It's not your only chance. I'm not bluffing, and you know it. Your government masters sent you the wrong agents when you see, when you see 10 seconds ahead, I see 20. You see 20 seconds, I see 30. And your only prayer of taking me out is to extend your vision beyond mine. 
to reach further than you have ever before and outpredict me. What's she going to do next? Look at my eyes, which are up here, by the way, and focus on me, totally on me. And while she's been distracting them, Karate Kid and Shadowlass come from behind and manage to take them both down. And Dreamy goes... With a boot to the head, I think, take another drink there. One boot to the head. One boot one, to the head. One punch to the head from Shadowless. Yeah. So while Dreamy has been getting them to look further and further into what she's going to do, it looks like that means that they've been unable to concentrate on what Karate Kid and Shadowless have been going to do, which means they've been able to get the jump on them. So Dreamy says, totally on me. Shady says, you already said that. Dreamy says, did I? Sorry, I lose track sometimes. Okay, <clears throat> the High Seer already knows his three commanders have been beaten, so he's probably sent more. We don't have much time. The only reason he deliberately stripped the population of their visions is that there's something in the future he doesn't want them to see. I can hone him on it, but not consciously. I have to go to sleep. Now, put me under. Karate Kid puts one of his hands on her temples and he says, I'll try. Okay, breathe deeply while we find your Ajna Chakra. Relax. And she says, not with Eastern philosophy, you dork. Clock me. He goes, but, and then Shadowlass clocks her instead. Ah, Legion, says Shadowlass. I generally think I have found my calling. Dreamy is unconscious on the floor. Shady says, how long, how will we know that this is working? Karate Kid says, oh, it's working. And then we have a very nice uh, splash page of Dreamy's dream. She is front and centre. She is screaming, and around her are spaceships in combat, planets exploding, uh, mountains of skulls, uh, death and destruction, burning cities, and there is one mysterious figure with some strange diamond-shaped tattoos on his forehead. And then Dreamy wakes up and she goes, Brainy, Brainy, wait. Karate Kid is carrying Shadowless because, remember, she's given her ring to Brainy. And she says, where? And Dreamy says, Naltorian Public Service Broadcast Tower, hurry. And they arrive there and Brainy is working away at the controls. Karate Kid says, what's he doing? Brainy says, attacking the problem. Some of us enjoy getting our hands dirty, Karate Kid. Oh, sorry, I'll try that again. Some of us enjoy getting our hands dirty, Karate Kid. 3004, he's doing a quote thing. Mm -hmm. And then he says, the trouble with precogs is that they are intellectually lazy. The dream girl says, I beg your pardon. And he continues, once you become too comfortable with the mechanics of fate, your curiosity weakens. You'll keep asking why and when, but the how of events is so often handed to you that you become careless about investigating it. How do you deprive underages of their REM dreams? By broadcasting a subsonic frequency attuned to their gene codes. I can remove that. And a voice from off panel says, stop. And it's the high seer with a bunch of pre-commandos. And the high seer says, it is a planet union crime to tamper with the service. Brainy says, then I'll see you in prison once I repair what you corrupted. Uh, you know, I just need to wet my whistle, so to speak. No worries. I'll take over for a second. So, um, no, no, it's all good. You good? good. <clears throat> yep. 
Uh, lots of long speeches in this one. Yeah, a lot of text. Yeah. Uh, Dream Girl says, Brainy, before you do that, let's consider what I've learned. War is coming, and soon. A time of brutality and suffering leading to the loss of millions of lives, young lives. I've seen it, draftees mobilised throughout the UP and sent to their death. And Brainy, you know my predictions always come true. There's one man at the centre of the dream. I don't recognise him, but I saw him clearly. Whoever he is, he will create a conflict that will affect all sentient life, and the Naltorian army will be the first to die. And the High Seer says, She is correct. We cannot inflict that knowledge on the youth of Naltor, child. What are they to do with it? How can it not condemn them each to a hellish walking grave to learn how little time they have left? Shadowless says, So this is your way of protecting them? Exactly, says the High Seer. It's an act of mercy, says Karate Kid. Yes. Karate Kid says, then hand me a wrench. The High Seer says, stop. Karate Kid says, this isn't just about keeping a secret from your race. If it were, you wouldn't be willing to risk so many lives through sleep deprivation. What you're afraid of is that the kids here will put the word out that everyone will learn what's coming. The Legion gives a voice to underagers galaxy-wide. More than they know. The louder that voice is, and the UP hates it. But this is a no-win. This is your planet. You make the call. Truth or security? And he's looking at Dream Girl. And she pauses. She thinks. And then she rips circuitry out of the, 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 the public service. The High Seer is shocked. Dream Girl looks at him and says, You knew I was going to do that. Why didn't you prevent me? Because I tire of the burden. Whatever comes of this, let it be on your shoulders, not mine. And we cut back to Legion headquarters where the team is returning. Cosmic Boy is there waiting for them. Uh, Karate Kid says to Brainiac, Did you get your flight ring back? And he says, Yes, it gave me a chance to explain to the boy what the High Seer had done. Cos says, how did he take it? How would you? Cos says, we haven't had any luck coming up with an identity scan on the man Dream Girl augured, but we'll keep at it. And Dream Girl and Brainy are walking down the corridor, and Dreamy says, tell me we did the right thing. We process data. That's not a question of morality. Take that much off your conscience. They pause. He looks at her out of the side of his eyes, and then he says, Consider this. There are now millions of Naltorians who have seen their future and face the unthinkable. Millions. Can you not allow for the possibility that one of them might be so moved by that experience that he or she might find a way to avert it? All it would take is for one future causality, just one, to find the will to break the lockstep of destiny. If that happens, all probabilities shift. The universe is more predictable than we gave it credit for. Your predictions don't have to be infallible. And she looks at him and she goes, you'll feel different when we're married. <laughs> she gives a shocked look and he watch her, watches her walk away down the corridor and he goes, no, she was joking. Habitudinous child. Someone should tell her that if you're going to mock me, you'll have to do a better job than that. And he walks into his lab to find many, many 
goats. Cosmic Boy has left for him there. Yes, and which harkens back to that joke earlier where he said he'd teach a goat to talk, go get me one. Yes. So he's got a few. <laughs> I wonder if he'll teach them intellect, Derek, or, or um, English or Colowin. We will find out. Um, it's quite a different issue, this one, I think, to the first one. Um, certainly more focused on some characters rather than that idea of the Legion being thousands. Yes, yes. So the, the first issue was very much an introduction to give us a look at the society of the United Planets and an overall look at the team. This one we see just a small group of members uh, working on one mission that as we go on through this run, we will see that all of these um, these various things that are happening on various planets are all linked together. Yeah, the, some of those threads are still running through, like the youth draft and things like that. So, um, But we certainly got a good highlight on um, Karate Kid and Shadowlass and Dream Girl and Brainy um, particularly, I thought, in this, this issue. Less, yes. so, less so perhaps. So a bit of quite a bit of Cosmic Boy as well. Yes. So Cosmic Boy was more front and centre in issue one. Brainy only had, I think he was only in one panel. Mm. Uh, so this time we get a lot of Brainy. Um, we still haven't had very much Lightning Lad or Satin Girl, who are, you know, the traditional founders. Um, true. True that. And um, I think um, that will be interesting to watch. We've had a bit more world building in this as well with another another location heading to Lalor and um, some some really nice art by Kitson um, with the sort of spiralling buildings um, looking very organic um, in all the panels. That um, and um, but some of those similar threads that the UP is sort of all reaching into the lives of the kids. Um, there's yes, and no they, yeah, the the older adults always referring to the Legionnaires as child or children. Which, if you if you want to try and you know de-escalate a situation, that's not the way to go about it. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's very much a superiority complex coming through from the older people. Yeah, I thought it's probably also worth mentioning, Derek, sort of focusing in on um, the name of our podcast, Tomorrow's Heroes Today, um, being the the name of this um, issue. Oh, yes, um, I forgot that, didn't I? Yeah, so that appears on the cover and um, it, it isn't actually mentioned throughout that that's, the, that that's the, um, the title, but the title appears on many of these books actually on the cover. Um, as we move forward. So often the um, the credits page is exactly that um, and we'll sort of talk the blurb on the credits change um, page changes slightly as we move forward. So we'll sort of notice that as it happens as well. Terrific. So um, that's, that's issue two. Um, would you like to take us out, Terry? Sure things. Folks, you can send us your thoughts at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. We're also on the Facebook at facebook.legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com where you can join in the conversation. We're on X as LOSP Podcast, and even better, we're on Blue Sky as LOSP Podcast. In addition to all those things, you can head on over to our website, legionofsubstitutepodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we'll get back into our time bubble and see you all next week. Eat it, Grandpa. Grandpa.